1: Back here with another week of Roadmap to Retirement, the radio show following the unofficial start to summer a week ago. It feels as though the year has now reached that stage where things are going to accelerate, and we'll be talking about the fall. And I only say that and begin the show that way, David, because you know sometimes when we procrastinate, and you've heard Brett say this many, many times, time goes by. Don't procrastinate. As it says in the uh, in the workshop spots that we air during the show, get educated, get registered, but. Now that I'm off my soapbox.
2: <laughs>
1: good morning. Welcome in.
3: Thanks, Joe. We we never mind that soapbox. It um it's found, because you know you you have a different perspective. I mean you're you know you're not a I mean we love you, but you, you're not a staff member of Thrive or anything like that. You've kind of got the the consumers' point of view perspective. You tell us quite frequently. You know after the shows, geez, I didn't know that, and this was really good information that helped me out. And you've applied some of the things to your personal you know financial situations and. Um, So I think that's always good because that keeps us in check too to get that perspective to understand what is it that the retirement community or that pre-retirement community what do they want to? You know, what what content do they really want to absorb? What questions are out there? And that's why we encourage people. You know, whether it's just giving us a call 215-798-9088, or sending us an email at info at with your questions, we're happy to answer because that's um, you know. And I, and I share that a lot of times with people. You like, we we love what we do. Um, we are a for-profit, excuse me, a for-profit business, but at the same time, um, we give a lot of free information away as well, right? You know, we think our industry isn't necessarily set up correctly. They're not really; it's not really designed to help people retire successfully. Most financial advisors really only talk about the elements that they get paid for, which is primarily investment management. And I think what people have come to conclude is when you get to retirement, there's so many other questions that need answers. So you got to seek out that information. And then when you finally make that decision to go seek out information, there's so much out there.
1: You know, I've always been blown away by the one, you know, the one mark of the gold standard that Thrive has. And that's the client must ask to, or the individual must ask to become a client. I think that is amazing. Well, you know what's interesting,
3: Joe? It's a, it's actually. Did it's I say a, it, that right? I did, you did. Right? It's a hard hurdle for a lot of people because it, I always say to people, look, if you're a cynic, there's nothing I can do right? There's nothing I'm going to say. There's nothing I can do to prove that what I just said to you about, if you want to do business with me, you have to ask me to do business. And that's not a, a cocky proposition. It's just that we're very blessed, very fortunate in the situation that we are. We want to work with people who want to work with us. We don't want to convince anybody. We spend, you know, we spend no time. We, we actually just had a survey come back from our, uh, from our staff talking about training and, um, you know we don't provide any training on sales techniques we provide training on financial planning strategies and product information and you know how to analyze a portfolio and how to figure out social security benefits and medicare costs and that's what we train right we don't we think that the information we share with people should be obvious enough that if you haven't had this information in your life previously maybe you need to hire somebody who knows what the heck they're doing. You know what I mean? I I just wanted to comment one last thing before we jump over to Karen and Brett. Um, This is a quote that I use frequently in my presentations because it addresses what you just said. The quote is, becoming informed is not enough. Once informed, you need to take action. Informed people who don't act lose just as much as uninformed people who can't act. And that's a quote from Supreme Court Justice Louis Brandeis. So, you know, it's that whole stupidity, ignorance type thing. Like once we give you this information, if you don't act on it... You know the consequences can be dire. I mean, costs hundreds of thousands of dollars in your retirement. So, yeah, we love that people tune into the show. We love that people come out and visit us at our at our workshops, and we're going to continue doing it. And if you folks that are listening today can give us feedback on, you know, more things that if we're not covering, you want them covered, we're happy to bring those to the table. So to get the show started, Karen, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're going to be covering in your segment?
2: I'm going to be discussing Social Security. Um, maybe a little social security checklist, but again, I kind of talk about scams and uh, things that I uh, we were talked about last week. I actually got a phone call. I got, someone tried to scam me yesterday. So, I'm going to chat a little bit more about that because, again, financial, what we do here for our clients is more than just advise them. We, people can call, like, we tell them, this is what's going to happen. Do not give this information. You're never going to get a call from Social Security. And if they have a question, they just pick up the phone and ask us. That's it.
1: And one of the most confusing topics is Social Security, followed oh, yeah. by Medicare. <laughs> one, two. That's the one, two punch that we need you for so we can understand that everybody it.
3: has
4: to deal with.
1: Absolutely. Brett, tell us a little bit
4: about what you're going to be covering
1: on the show. Yeah. So, I'm
4: going to be calling out all my pathological savers that are regular listeners of the show. So, my topic's going to be called, When Spending Too Little... Is the biggest retirement risk? Everybody knows going broke in retirement is obviously a bad outcome, but actually, so is chronic underspending. So, that was actually a line that we got from Mr. Ed Slot talking about pathological savers. We meet quite a bit of them. So, I'm going to talk about a little bit about the psychological side of, uh, of retirement. So, excited to share that.
1: Wow, interesting. First time we've covered it. Look forward to it. Good stuff. So, let's, um, let's just talk real quickly
4: Uh, because
3: I'm sure a lot of people had questions, there were concerns that were popping around, all of that. Uh, But we got announced this week that um, both the House and the Senate passed the debt ceiling bill uh, in the Senate the other day. It was a 63 to 36 vote. Uh, The bill now goes up to President Biden to get signed into law. So, as we said on the show a couple weeks ago, the chances that You know, a bill was not going to get passed and signed into law was pretty, you know, practically nil. It's just kind of a political game that continues to go on. I think in history, it's now the hundredth time that the debt ceiling has been increased. Um, It's still just completely out of control spending. It's a major point. Uh, this is just a further confirmation that when we talk about, and I know we've had some people call or or more email in on the show. Hey, stop telling everybody that taxes are going to go up. We, you know, I kind of made an emphatic conversation last week that taxes are going to go up. Part of the bill, there were some things in there about increasing some taxation, and that's the other thing, right? I mean, these bills that get passed are like watching sausage get made. Right. <laughs> Everything just kind of gets thrown into it. Yeah. And you're not really sure what comes out on the end, if it's good for you or not. So uh, we'll wait and see until it's actually, you know, kind of comes out and we can analyze it. But um, I think we'll talk a little bit more today about
1: taxes potentially going up and you got to prepare for it. By the way, the individuals voting on those bills, they don't know what's in there either. Yeah.
3: They're getting you're most right. of their information from their clerks. I'm
1: not. I'm just saying I uh, don't know either. It's true absolutely true. Too complicated, too hard. Uh, let's just vote. Anyway, Roadmap to Retirement, the radio show. We thank everybody, as always, for tuning in. We'll get into our uh, first commercial break. Listen up for some um, details about an upcoming workshop in June. Get registered. Go to ThriveFinancialServices.com. Back in a moment. And back here on Roadmap to Retirement, the radio show. Another reminder, if you miss any of today's show or you'd like to listen to one of our previous broadcasts on ThriveFinancialServices.com, you'll find every show uh, that we've done over the previous four and a half years or five years. Uh, great listening for a stroll in Ocean City on a Saturday morning. Brett, over to you.
4: Perfect. So I'm gonna uh, actually. This information is actually coming out from an accountant, and a lot of CPAs I think are known as matter of fact, but really talking about some of the psychological side of things. So actually, a report um, actually uh, that came from Morningstars where a lot of this was being referenced. And, And again, we're talking to our pathological savers out there. And again, when spending too little is the biggest retirement risk. And when I read the article, it actually reminded me of two clients that. That are, and it's tale of two cities. One client that had $400,000 of total assets, and literally the same day talking to another client of ours that had over $4 million in retirement. So, literally just conversations that we had this week. And let me dig into it a little bit. Is that I'm talking about a little bit of the paranoia. Um, again, we always talk about running out of money is always a bad outcome, but also the psychological side of chronic underspending. And again, we, those are our pathological savers. And I get it. You grew up in a household where maybe mom and dad went through the depression. You remember what, how, what. Living was like and rationing during the '70s and so forth. Like you understand the value of the dollar, and it's like I'm just not going to spend it. So I'm going to dig, kind of dig into that a little bit. And again, so the the, the conversation, gentleman named Mike Piper, um, a CPA, he talks about that people working in the space need to consider whether clients may be crossing the line from prudence to paranoia. When it comes to retirement spending, so during this discussion, these accountants they dug into the planning efforts to look uh, to look different for clients who have clearly enough wealth to navigate the retirement journey. And I said clearly enough wealth because that's relative—four hundred thousand or four million dollars. Okay, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. So we talk about advisors, meaning people like us, need to be helping clients out there with their own personal consumption, with their goals, and especially when we start talking about, because we hear all the time, I want to give money to charity, I want to have money left over to uh, family members, kids, grandkids. So, sometimes people tighten the belt a little bit where they're not spending as much to ensure that the next generation has enough. So, we're going to talk a little bit, go a little bit deeper into that. So, striking the right balance, striking that right balance between it all will allow people to enjoy that hard-earned wealth while also ensuring that some of those goals towards legacy and charity are able to happen at the same time. We talk about it all day long, the difference between investment management and financial planning. If all you're doing is talking with somebody, even if it's with yourself, and all you're talking about is what stock, bomb mutual fund, annuity you might in? what stock, bomb mutual fund, annuity that you're in, that's just one aspect of financial planning. It needs to be pulled together with income spend down, tax efficiency, health care, And legacy. And that's what this article talks about. Again, what we share a lot during the workshops as well is what we do as a company here at Thrive is very proactive retirement income and tax planning. That just scratches the surface. That's what we do. But who we are, is giving people the peace of mind and security that they deserve. And that's what this article really refers to in talking about that. In the end, people need to feel comfortable and confident about their spending and giving is an important part of the inevitable holistic plan. So, one person may hear, again, someone that's fortunate enough to be in the situation where they can put their worries away and now have that carefree lifestyle in retirement but many people know it's far from the truth and again why we're emotional beings so when we talk about Robo advisors and all, it's, that's not it I think David just a couple of weeks ago talked about the importance of working with an advisor and I think studies from Vanguard Fidelity they say the importance of working with an advisor especially on the psychological side of things, increases almost 3% per year. Again, the studies have been found with all the different things, tax planning, the psychological side of things, et cetera, of just working with that person to get beyond those emotional barriers um, that are out there. So, here you go. There can be some powerful psychological barriers that people face with respect to feeling comfortable about spending money on themselves during retirement or even giving money away to charities of the next generation. There are a few reasons... That people may feel that way. To start, it's just a natural personality of somebody. The same character trait that leads people to accumulate a large sum of money, relative again, it might mean they are also an anxious person who is typically nervous about the future. And to this point in their life, all they've done is what? Save, 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 save. And now all of a sudden you say, hey, you've gotten to your spot. Congratulations. You're there. That's psychological bear. It's like, you mean I have to spend my money? They got no problem spending Social Security. They got no problem spending the pension when it comes in. But it's like, you mean I have to actually take some of what I've saved? That's a psychological barrier. You've been working for 30, 40 years going up, 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 up. And then maybe to maintain that lifestyle, you now need to spend some of that money. But it's that psychological barrier that people have a hard time getting through. It's that nervousness. It's that anxiousness.
1: So, of course, a person- It sounds person- like- it sounds, I didn't mean to interrupt you but yeah. it sounds like my daughter, Isabel, who's 21. Uh-huh. Every penny she earns, she saves and spends nothing that she earns. That means spend she, your money? That's, <laughs> that's where I was going. She's still on your
4: payroll? Yeah, yes. that's smart. That's a smart kid. <laughs> that's a very smart kid. <laughs> Hopefully she, she'll pay that forward to her kids as well. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> good trait. So, of course, a, a person's lifestyle, retirement, and their use of their own wealth is obviously their own prerogative. Um, but it says it's important that people should not assume that someone that's li- living way below their means is somehow making a mistake. That said, it's important from advisors when talking to people if they suspect if it's sheer nervousness or discomfort that's preventing people from having a reasonable amount of enjoying more of their wealth, it's time that you got to have a frank discussion with them. It's what we talk about all the time. We challenge people, but we support you. Like when you tell me you want the last check to bounce, like I could care less about legacy, i look you in the eye and say, you're doing a horrendous job of spending that money down like go fly first class, go spend some experiences with the family members or whatever the case may be, but starting to chip away at it a little bit at a time. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about some of the psychological barriers of why some people may not want to do significant Roth conversions because of the tax bill and things like that. So it's slowing down to inevitably start gaining some of that change of what that exposure might be, because then it allows you to get to that comfort because change is unnatural we're creatures of habit, so change is unnatural. So starting to change what we've been naturally accustomed to, we get a little bit of angst um, related to it. So again, you can take all the research-based uh, approach when talking about this, but there is a, consider- about a, a considerable amount of research on topics of what types of spending are more likely to, uh, to increase in happiness and because the point here isn't just to spend more money just to spend more money, the point is, if you're going to increase your spending, let's figure out how to do it right. And doing it in a more um, uh, what's it, prudent way, how's it going to improve your quality of life? Because I'm now going to talk about some of the psychological barriers we hear when people come in and, and visit with us as well. Again, two conclusions that are found. The first is this. Research is clear that spending money on experiences rather than stuff tends to give people greater happiness. That's that. But conclusion number two is also this as well, is that spending money in some way that can strengthen existing social connections or helps you develop new social connections also tends to result in a significant increase in happiness. So unfortunately, and we see this a lot, when people retire, they tend to lose a lot of social connections they've had with coworkers and colleagues over years. So we actually see an increase in depression- and anxiety coinciding with the early stages of retirement. I remember last year, we had a gentleman named um, Joe Casey. He's a retirement psychologist, or Dr. Maggie Baker, just people, how they think of money differently when they get to retirement. But I mean, I get a lot of people that are introverts. They're engineers, they're accountants, and they retire, and they're like, I don't talk to anybody anymore your type B personalities, So, they talk about some of this, maybe some, spending some of that money to stay connected and so forth is going to be a big deal. Because when you're getting eaten from the inside out, anxiety and depression, it absolutely plays a factor into it. So, again, Piper emphasizes that the goal of deepening social connections doesn't necessarily mean going out and meeting new people, in fact, investing time and quality. And it doesn't have to just be those those colleagues and coworkers, but also with friends. And family members as well. So spending money that make uh, that may foster better experiences with loved ones. Like I said, kids, grandkids, going on a vacation, going on a fishing trip, getting involved in an archaeology club, whatever the case may be. It's just getting out and doing something, getting purpose in retirement because people struggle in those first couple years. And and I'm going to conclude in, in, in going down this path is that is you start with a little bit. Because there's so many times that people have so much money, it's going to be left over. And it's so blatantly obvious. And you start trying to convince people, say, maybe you should start giving money to children or grandchildren or to legacy. And again, it's taking that first step of starting to create that new normal. Because when you don't do anything and you just pass all masses of amounts of wealth to the next generations, again, where do you want to leave your money when you're no longer with us? Loved ones, charity, or government? The answer is always government. But when you take the steps to actually map it all out and say, can I afford to give a little bit more to charities or people? Can I afford to go spend a little bit more? Like I sat with a client yesterday, uh, 400000 of net worth. They brought in their budget of $3,100. I'm like, what do you have baked in here? It doesn't seem like you have a lot going on. And it was like, yeah, I was like, I need you to understand without spending any of your money, you're going to be at 6500 a month after taxes. That's double what you need. Well, I want to leave money to the next generation. Okay. Well, if you're not going to spend it, you're just going to save it. But that money's coming in month in and month out. Or I heard I want to take a train trip around the country, or I want to go buy an RV, a travel trailer, and go do it. Well, how am I going to do it? Time out. Take a step back. I know where you're at today. It's hard to believe, but between your two social security checks and your pension, you're at $6,500. The next conversation, that same day, $4 million. I want to pay off my grandkids' college. That's what this article talks about as well. I want to go buy a lake house. Why? So that the family will get together and have an excuse for all the kids and grandkids to come together. Life is more than about the stock bond mutual fund annuities. It's the psychological side of things. It's having a plan. It's that last phase of life of you wanting to get everything out of it that you desire. And if you're not having that conversation with somebody or even yourself, I encourage you to give us a call. We love putting plans together, but what we love to do even more is watching those plans come to reality. And that's what this is all about, is give us a call today at 215-798-9088. And if you're not having that full-fledged plan, that holistic approach, we're more than happy to have that conversation with you, because you don't get a do-over. And the one thing you can't buy, and I don't care how much money you have, is time. So what are we going to do with that time and spend it in the most effective way.
1: Yeah, no, good stuff. I was thinking about, as you were delivering that messaging, my mother-in-law, when she was alive, used to take, send the entire family, all four of her children and their families, and all the kids, on a ski trip That's it. once a year That's it. that she attended. Mm-hmm. An example of what you were talking about. Good stuff. Roadmap to Retirement, the radio show. Back in a moment.
0: This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners.
1: Thanks, everyone, for tuning in and being a part of Roadmap to Retirement, the radio show. Again, if you heard messaging in one of our commercial breaks today and you do want to get registered for one of the upcoming workshops, go to thrivefinancialservices.com or pick up the phone and call 215-798-9088. Get registered. Get educated, Karen. Over to you with a great topic today—one that will most of us will never be able to fully understand.
2: And before I get into that, uh, I'm sure people heard the commercials, uh, the workshop, uh, which places we're going to be, and um, I encourage people to come to the workshops. Definitely schedule. Um, you know, again, you need to get on our ca- our calendar. You need to be on the list. But um, there's people are coming in. You have a financial advisor doing the seminar, and then we wait around a little bit, and we we will answer your questions. And David gets a lot of questions, and sometimes when you come to these, it opens your eyes to things that you never thought about. So I encourage you to give us a call, Um, 215-798-9088. It's a lot of great information. It's also a great setting. Yeah. Very
1: comfortable setting. It's, yep. a, you're, you're amongst your peers. William we were just at, yep. You know, you know, it's a very easy thing to do. And I think some of those fears or those roadblocks that sometimes people may put up may just be misconceived. So good stuff. Yeah. Good in, uh, yeah. good introduction so, to that.
2: And come meet us. We'd love to meet you. Um, yeah. So can you believe I got one of those phone calls yesterday? So first I was like, should I be insulted that they think that I, am I near social security age? Wait, maybe I am near social security. So, um, but you know, I'm joking about it, but I could tell that I got a voicemail and it was, they were just trying, there, something was wrong with my social security number, uh, give them a call and it would only cost $299 to get the situation taken care of. And like, I knew it was a scam. But as you get older, this is something that Social Security is one of is like the cornerstone, like the main part of people's retirement. So of course, like they know I'm going to feed on their fear, and I'm going to tell them this is what the story is. Um, and I actually googled the number, and as soon as I did, it was social Social Security scam, like Social Security, like so many different websites. Um, but if you ever get a call and you're never sure. Um, you know, what it is. Um, You can actually call, there's like a fraud hotline for social security. Um, It's 800-269-0271. But again, I have a a little list here. And um, after spending a lot of time with my in-laws the past few weeks, um, I I, I have a list. I printed it out. I'm going to put it near the phones. Um, so I'm going to tell, this is what my list says and that this is just some good information for uh, our listeners today is if a caller states they are with, there is a, I'm sorry, let me restart again. If a caller states there is a problem with your social security number or account, hang up. I cannot tell you. We had this discussion. My mother-in-law picks up the phone almost every time. Um, number two, do not provide the caller with money, cash, gift cards. Uh, don't give them your debit card. Don't give them any personal information. And then again, I, I wrote down you can report any fraud to the security fraud hotline. I have to put it there because I, my mother, she, it, they're they're preying on your fears, and she says they're they're calling me again. They're calling me again. I'm like just. <laughs> don't answer the phone, right? And social security, I said, listen, they're never going to call you and threaten you. You're not going to get threatened by social security. Um, they're never going to tell you that your social security number has been or might be suspended. They call you or they also try by email, right? Social security is never going to call to demand a payment. They're never going to ask for personal information over the phone. Sometimes you might get a letter from them that there's a problem, um, and they're going to mail you a letter, but you're not going to have a lot of detailed information. You're still going to have to call them.
1: That's the only way that the Social Security Office communicates with you is via a letter, right?
2: Right Well unless
1: you engage them. Well, no, unless you engage you, them or no?
2: Sometimes you'll get an email. Just saying, hey, it's uh, just a quick email saying we there was a, we noticed a change to your account. Was that you? But they're never, there's never information that they're asking you for. They they tell you to call them rather than if this is a problem, give us a call.
1: Yeah, because I know that I forgot my password on my social security account. So the only thing that I was able to do was request a new way to reset it, and the only way that I was able to request to do that was to wait for the code. To come in the were, mail. To come in the mail.
2: Yes. Yes. So, um, you know, just, just again, Social Security is such an important part of retirement. And what we do here at Thrive is we help with income planning, right? And just as a quick little checklist of Social Security checklist, because we were at um, uh, William Penn Inn last week, and we were meeting people and talking to people that wanted to come in and meet with us in person. Um, and, again, I... Um, understanding retirement, understanding social security is important. But if you're a, a female, a woman, and you, look, the cards are not, I wouldn't say stacked against you, but look, we're going to live longer. Um, there's definitely that pay gap. Um, and you, are, if you live longer, you're going to need medical benefits. You're going to have to understand all these things. And I was there talking to a couple, and the, the wife was like, do I really have to come? And in my head, I was like, Ugh like I don't understand that thinking that you're not going to come and understand how your retirement's going to work. But again, if you're not informed like David said or you get informed, you still don't do anything about it, then then that's on you. But Social Security is such an important part of retirement and if you go on their website, I mean, it's it's so confusing. But I'm just going to do a couple of quick things that people have Thought or misunderstood about Social Security when we meet with them? I um, mean, I think a big one is before you start with Social Security, you do need to know what your benefit is. If you're going to go on, a, you want to set up an account and you want to go on SSA.gov. Make sure it's SSA.gov. Make sure that's what it says in the bar. Make sure there's that little lock in there because if you're going to Google it, there's a lot of scammers out there. Again, you are going to. Pl- it may not. When
1: you Google it, it may not be the first one on the list.
2: Right? Correct. Yeah. And when you go on that website, they're going to ask you a lot of information. They're going to ask you where you lived ten, where you got your mortgage twenty years ago, all of that information. So that's a way to know that you're really on the right uh, on the right page there. Um, before you start Social Security, you need to know what your full retirement age is. And people again don't understand that if you take your Social Security benefit. Early, you can start it at 62. If you start your benefit early, your benefit is reduced permanently. Your benefit is reduced about one half of 1% for each month you start your Social Security before your full retirement age. So, that's what the, the website says, right? So, are you going to sit there and try to calculate, okay, one half of 1% for each month? No. But if you come in and meet with us and you're thinking about taking Social Security... We're going to do a whole analysis, and we're going to tell you, if you start at this age, this is what it's going to be. If you're going to start at this age, this is what it's going to be. And we're going to show you what's the best, if you're a part of a married couple, what's the best strategy? Another thing that people don't understand is... um, I think the survivor benefit is a big one and there's a strategy to that, right? You can't get your survivor benefit at 60, but what's going to happen with your taxes? Do you start it at 60 and then maybe can you switch over to yours at a later age? We will do the full analysis along with everything else that we do here at Thrive. So, I would say... If you're thinking about retiring or you're in retirement, either way, give us a call, 215 798 988 Set up the consultation. Again, it's it's uh, free. We're not going to give you any pressure. Or come to one of our seminars and you get to meet us in person.
1: I think I know the answer to this, and I think I learned the answer from, from, from this show. But if I trigger Social Security and it turns out to be the wrong time... I have 12 months from that decision to change that decision, or I live with that for the rest of my time on this earth. Is yes. That, is that right?
2: It is. And you, but just remember everything you, Social Security gave you, you're going to have to give it back if you're going to gonna it start at a later date. Right.
1: Okay, good stuff. Roadmap to Retirement, the radio show. Back in a moment. Here's an opportunity to get registered for an upcoming workshop being held on June 6th at the Medford Country Club. That's June 6th. Go right now to thrivefinancialservices.com and get registered. It's the Medford Village Country Club, and the starting time is 6 p.m., and the date is June 6th. Get registered. Get educated. Go to thrivefinancialservices.com. That's thrivefinancialservices.com back here on Roadmap to Retirement, the radio show. Thanks, everyone, again, for tuning in and for continuing to be a loyal listener to this radio program. You can download the podcast. Just go to thrivefinancialservices.com, and we certainly hope to see you at one of the upcoming workshops. David, over to you, sir. So, good
3: information so far. Yeah, the really good segment was really good. And Social Security, like Karen was saying, you know, it's something that it's inevitable, right? I mean, we're going to yep. deal with it. A lot of people don't walk into it knowing much about it. Um, tons of rules. I know Karen didn't mention it, but I say it during our seminar. There's 567 different possible combinations that if you pick the right timing election combination, it could be an extra $100,000 of additional benefit paid out over your lifetime. An extra hundred K is that's a decent amount of money, right? So um, you really want to evaluate and it's hard unless you know unless you're and a lot of people who do do spreadsheets, they kind of figure out the break-even analysis, but there's elements in those rules that they don't take into consideration, which if not considered could end up not optimizing Social Security the best way. So as Karen mentioned, um, one of just one of the many Reports that we provide during our your roadmap to thrive analysis is a Social Security maximization report. A lot of companies charge for that. We include that free of charge within that analysis that we do. So, big encouragement to get that done. So, let me cover a couple quick things. I said I was going to talk a little bit more about taxes. Before I jump into taxes, I wanted to continue with the debt ceiling conversation. So, I want to share a couple of things that I did some research. Um, over the past week, on it, knowing that you know the conclusion was going to probably come up before the deadline, like it always does. So I went back in history and I looked, and 1960, the U.S. national debt in 1960 was 286 billion dollars. The U.S. national debt forecasted for the end of 2023 will be 31.4 trillion dollars. So let me give you a little perspective on that real quick. Let's just use let's use the concept of time, right? The difference between a billion and a trillion and a million. I don't even know the trillion calculation. Brett could probably do it. But right, you have a it. thousand billions. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's a thousand billions. Yeah. Right? One. Listen, listen to this. This or will a million, give you some reference. This, million this will give you some reference. One million seconds is ten days. One billion seconds is thirty-two years. Right? Does that give you some like that's crazy. So now we're talking, we went from 286 billion of federal debt back in 1960 to 31.4 trillion dollars by the end of 2023. But here's the questions. Are our roads, our highway systems, any better than they were? Are our streets and neighborhoods safer than they used to be? What about our health care? Has healthcare gotten better? Is it easier for a family to raise their kids today? Did we actually improve our school systems? You know, when you start thinking about where this debt has come from and that there should be some signs that it was invested properly, you got to ask, like, what the heck happened to this money? And they took this, you know, the, the spending bill now is that they got two years with no debt ceiling cap. Just go free for all. So I would, you know, my conclusion of all that is we as consumers, if we're educated and aware, we can do a better job of spending the money than they can. And I'm a patriot, right? And I pay my taxes and I do, and I pay a, I, I pay a lot in taxes. It's unfortunate that they're not doing the right things with it, but that's why I'm so focused on using tax strategies to minimize what I end up paying Uncle Sam, just like we do for our own clients. So I wanna talk a little bit, Joe, does that make sense what I just shared?
1: Yeah, it does. I mean, as you're saying that, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking of that number and the magnitude, and I'm just wondering if you don't, or saying to myself, you, you know, if you don't take it into your own hands, meaning if you don't get help and do something, you're going to get swallowed up. That, it, that's it.
3: I mean, it's that, swallowed it's really up. that simple. It's like, you know, we try, people hear the word advocate, you know, and say they become your own advocate. Um, but people just don't take action because they don't know where, you know, where do I go? What do I do? What are all the conditions that I have to think about? And look, there's a lot to life. I mean, there just really is. But again, another case not to go out and doctor yourself. If you got a health condition, Go to the doctor. Go to a good doctor. That's the, right. That's the important part. Not one that spends five or ten minutes with you. Prescribes something. The, the prescription that you get may end up having more side effects than whatever condition you walk through the door with. You, you know. But find a good doctor. Somebody who spends time. Who understands all the elements. That's kind of what we do. Like I don't want to call us doctors, but you know, we spend the time, we do the analysis, we only prescribe what is necessary to fix the condition. So he- here's like an example of that, right? Because you know, we're going to start to see we already see inflation happening. We know taxes are probably going to go up. They have to with deficits increasing and you know, somewhere down the road that's all got to get paid off. The only way you can do that, it, the only way you can do it, is to increase revenue, and the only revenue that they got the opportunity to increase is taxes. So taxes are probably going to go up because of all the conditions that are happening macroeconomically. We're going to see you know continued market volatility and ultimately some declines before someday it'll go back up. Um, so you got to look at opportunity, and I want to give a perfect example. Joe, as a consumer, um, you know if you've got money invested in the stock markets today, and the market takes. You know, a a correction, whether it's 10%, 15%, 20%, whatever it may be. What do you think the standard protocol that most financial advisors will tell their clients? What action should they take if they have, um, you know, the market corrects 20% or so? What do you think? I call up my advisor, I say, oh my God, the market's crashing right now. What do I do? What do you think you typically hear from a
1: financial advisor? One of two things, right? Buy or sell. <laughs> yeah, right?
3: So, traditionally- Is that right or is that wrong? Is that well, right? you would it's think, actually, and I think you probably neither. get that more from here than there, but- Was that, was that the wrong answer? Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, typically, because I, you know, I do this every week when we do our, uh, our seminars, people say they, and these are the words they use, the advisor will say, everything's going to be okay. Oh, okay, stay the good. course, because right, okay. the markets will come back. Right. And you know what? The financial advisor is right. The markets will come back, but the problem is you just missed a wonderful tax planning opportunity. Mm -hmm. That's the key, right? If you just stay idle, all you're going to end up doing is recovering the losses. They're just going to come back to where they were. Mm -hmm. Because of the inaction, not being proactive, you just missed out on some wonderful... So let me give an illustration of that, right? So um, let me go back to... November of 2019. November of 2019, I purchased100,000 dollars of a, this particular stock or paid60 dollars a share, and this was inside of my IRA account. Now that was November of 19. In March, the beginning of March of, 20, uh, of 2020, that stock grew to $115 a share from that original price of $60 a share. So, my $100,000 grew to $183,000. That's at the beginning of March. Well, in the middle of March, March 16th to be exact, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was down 2,997 points. The S&P was down 324 points. The NASDAQ was down 970 points. That's the day that the pandemic started. Right, The coronavirus came in, killed the stock market. And that stock that was at $115 a share at the beginning of March, by March 16th, on that day, actually dropped down to $85 a share. So, the original investment in my IRA was 100,000 it grew to 183,000. We now had a big market decline. Traditional financial advisor would say, hey, stay the course. Don't do anything. The stock's going to come back. So now my 183,000 dropped down to 135. So what I decided to do, because I'm aware of the situation, got the education, I took control of the situation, and I sold that stock inside my IRA, sold it, realize the gain. I pulled it out because I did a Roth conversion. so The $135,000 came out of the IRA account to go into the Roth. I had to pay tax on that money. I paid the tax from another account because I want to optimize the money that's coming out of the IRA and have dollar for dollar go into the Roth. I paid $32,474 of taxes. One year later the $135,000 that I put into the Roth account on April 10th of 2021, the stock price on that was $152.85. So that money, the original 100, grew to $183, fell back down to $135. I then converted to a Roth account at that particular point. And one year later, after the Roth conversion, that account was worth $234,000. So, number one, good investment. Number two, a great tax move, paid $32,000 in taxes, gained all that money back now, completely 100% tax-free. And if I never touch that money, which I don't anticipate I'll need that money, that will pass on to my girls, completely tax-free. And hopefully, long into the future, $234,000 $234,000 today, or one year, two years ago, is probably going to be worth a couple million bucks 20 years from now they get it tax-free. That's why the education and the awareness is important. These are the types of things that we can do for you at Thrive. So, give us a call at 215-798-9088. We'll be happy to set up a free consultation, tell you how to do those types of Roth conversions.
1: Man, real-life example right there. Do yourself a favor. If you don't listen to this whole show, listen to the last three and a half minutes of of David's uh, conversation. Uh, And we thank everybody for tuning in to Roadmap to Retirement, the radio show. Uh, we somehow made it to another end of this broadcast, and we're glad everybody is still with us. On behalf of David Bazar, Karen Bazar, and Brett Elam, I'm Joe Krause. See you next time, everybody.